All right, this time I am on the line with uh, Dr. Serena Kelly from the National Centre of Research on Europe uh, on Europe uh, at the University of Canterbury. Good morning. Good morning, Jamie. How are we today? Very good, thank you. Yes, a lovely day in Canterbury, is it? Uh, yeah, it's fine. Nice, nice. We were going to get 17 degrees today in Dunedin, and it's the middle of June. Yeah, that's awesome for Dunedin. Yeah, well, I mean, is it awesome, though? (laughs) I worry. I worry a lot. And you as an academic, uh, even though it's not your field of expertise, must be freaking out a little bit with the heat being this warm at this time of the year. But that's neither here nor there. That's not what we're going to talk about. We're here to talk about the Brexit, uh, the so-called Brexit, the EU EU referendum that's going on uh, in Britain at the moment, deciding whether to stay or whether to go. Um, You know, Britain's been a member of the EU or the EEC before that, uh, yeah. Since 1973, um, so they've been in there a long time. Um, it's surely it's going to be tra- uh, crazy if they pull out. It's it's their way of life. They're settled in uh, into this now for f- almost 40 years. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it's just unbelievable even to think that this is an option at this stage. You know, in this day and age, I think. You know, all the. Um, the benefits that Europe has brought to the UK and to, um, to Europe and to the world as well. It's sort of this beacon of stabilisation at the moment, you know, when we've got a lot of instability around the world. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is, when we're thinking about this referendum, that a lot of people don't realise is that they went, they had a vote way back in 75, um, mm-hmm. a very similar referendum. Uh, where the public got to vote on whether they were allowed, whether they were, they were going to stay in the then European Economic Community or not, and the um, majority, about 70% of the um, the public voted to stay in. So it's crazy that 40 years down the line, mm. they're voting again. So even if they do vote to stay in, there's nothing to say that they won't have another referendum in a few years' time. Of course, of course. But I mean, dismantling something like this is, is not just a flash in the pan, something that was going to happen overnight. I mean, no. all, all the things that are in place in terms of tariffs and trade, uh, immigration, uh, anything, you you know, Anything you, you, you can think of uh, in terms of state-to-state, um, de- dealing with state-to-state on a, a level like this is uh, have been put into place over, over a long time, and you can't just flick a switch and it's off. No, and um, no one's done it before, so no one really knows what is going to happen. There's no mechanisms in place. Um, you mentioned trade. Trade is going to be the biggest issue to deal with because... Um, that is the area that the EU has the most power. Yeah. So um, trade policy is always done at the EU level rather than at the member state level. So that's going to be the biggest yeah. um, thing to unpackage, I guess, the biggest lot of legislation to be unpacked. And of course, uh, when they when the Britain joined the EU, that was the big thing for us. I mean, uh, Britain was our biggest trading partner. Um, we sold a lot of our butter and our meat there, as we had been doing yeah. since that first ship left in Eden back in eighteen eighty seven or something. Um, yeah. So, uh, that surely them pulling out, you know, the Leave campaign is saying stuff like, uh, "We can forge new trade deals." Uh, it's not going to be too much of a loss, but these trade deals would take decades. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, on some levels, maybe there are some people in New Zealand that think, yeah, this will be great for us. We can get re-established our old relationship, you know, with the Commonwealth. 
Yeah. But I also think it's quite an old-fashioned view, and New Zealand's moved on from that. I do interviews with um, elites in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and they can sort of say, well, you know, we'd prefer Britain to stay within Europe for a lot of reasons. Um, and, you know, we've moved on from that. We've got new trading partners in yeah. Asia, for example. So I don't think there would be any benefits for Britain to leave um leave the EU at this stage for New Zealand. Oh, definitely. And and I, one would also think the um, the cost of transportation uh, and the carbon footprint that could, would be created from that would offset any benefit anyway. Yeah, yeah. Although, yes, um, a colleague, Caroline Saunders, in Lincoln University, Professor um, Saunders, she did a study um, a few years ago to prove that the way New Zealand farms Oh, yes. Lower, yeah, a lower carbon footprint anyway. Yes, I, I remember that study. Um, the Leave campaign is also saying, you know, because we've got to look at immigration too. I mean, that's the big thing. Yeah. That's the rallying rallying cry yeah, for, for the, for the uh, Leave campaign. Um, but, um, you know, they're talking about the Norwegian model um, where Norway is in the European economic area. Um, so that, so it's still got those trade deals in place, which most member states do anyway. Um, yeah. But that comes with concessions, like an open border policy. So yeah. if in England would surely have to stay in that economic area. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that, that'll be sort of the best case scenario. And that's what their Leave campaigners are saying, that um, they can still be part of the, um, the free trade area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're definitely right. The biggest call, the reason for leaving is migration. But it's, it's a gut instinct, and I think a lot of people aren't thinking about the, the facts or being rational about it. Mm-hmm. Britain um, is pa- is, isn't part of Schengen, which is, you know, where they have the, the borderless countries. So if you're going to Britain from Europe, you still have to go through um, passport control. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, when they think about that, I have students and they ask, they go around asking Europeans what they think about Europe and if they know their rights as a European citizen. And they say the biggest one that um, Europeans think of is the free movement of people. And they see that as a very positive thing. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy that on the other hand that Britain is saying, is saying you know, this isn't, this isn't a positive. Um, yeah, I've, I guess I've got a few points about this. Um, also about, um, so... Uh, at the moment, two thirds of migrants into the UK aren't from European states. Um, I think a lot of them look toward uh, the people that want to leave. Think about the um, the migration that came from the Eastern enlargement. So mm-hmm. in 2004, there was this big bang, and um, ten countries from Eastern Europe were able to join the European Union. Yeah, all of um, all but three of the member states decided to put a moratorium on the free movement of people from those countries so they weren't straight away allowed to travel whereas the UK opted to let um, the citizens from those countries travel straight away so um, I guess there's a bit of scapegoat going on that you're blaming the EU for this happening but it was actually decisions from the um, the British leaders at the time that have allowed that to happen. And of course, uh, you know, um, with Britain, there's got an ageing population as such, as a lot of Western yeah. countries do, but these Eastern Bloc countries um, have a y- younger youthful 
um, one. So, you know, these people, uh, Britons fear that they'll just come in and sweep up and take all the jobs. Uh, And with that uh, puts pressure on NHS uh, and things like the social welfare system as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think that is a is a um, valid concern from people in Britain. Like they are seeing, you know, their standard of living is decreasing. They they believe. Yeah. Um, Cameron did go to Europe at the end of last year when he announced this referendum, and um, he renegotiated some of those benefits. Um, and so I think also what you're pointing out is that it's a bit of a class struggle at the moment this referendum the working class are sort of rising up and saying hang on you know we're not getting a fair deal but i think if britain was out of the eu those same workers um will probably have less of a voice because the eu does you know have a strong sort of um social legislation that protects workers rights to make sure everyone is paid fairly Mm -hmm. amongst all of the member states so Um, yes, you know, they do have valid concerns, but I still think it's better if they stay in and have a voice within Europe yeah. rather than leaving and going it on their own. Yeah, because, of course, Britain is well known for dismantling its uh, union movement, um, yeah. whereas other countries yeah. like um, Germany and uh, Italy have quite strong union uh, movements. Yeah, absolutely, and France. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Um, so it's kind of like there's a lot of misinformation going on and uh, people don't really know um, what the hell's happening on mainland Europe or what the EU or what Brussels even does for them. Yeah, absolutely. And this has been talked about for a long time. The, um, it's, a, I guess, a communication deficit and also a um, uh, democratic deficit. So they feel that, they've just, that Brussels is so far removed and very technocratic. Yeah. And that, that people feel like they don't have a, a real say in what's going on in Brussels. But Brussels realises as well, and this is something that our centre does a lot of research on, is also around the world. In New Zealand, there's a lot of misinformation about what what happens in Europe as well. Yeah. But of course, like anything, you always kind of... The, the, the negatives always come to the fore over positives. Because the positives just happen yeah. and you don't really talk about them but when a negative happens uh, you're up in arms and uh, you become quite passionate about it yeah absolutely and I guess um, you know the, the misinformation that you're talking about you know the media that's um, that's how they sell stories as prime, yeah. but, you know the really big big bang doom and gloom stories so yeah exactly and another big one, uh, just quickly before we, we get on uh, of what some what can, some outcomes can be with if, if we do leave. Uh, another big one they're talking about is what it costs to just begin member and how much money they send to Brussels. But yep. once again, you're not really focusing on what you get back, are they? No, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But Britain is admittedly quite a big um, contributor to to um, the, the budget. Yeah. Um, but they do get yeah a lot of benefits back. Um, for example, I guess their farmers, you know, they get the... Britain complains about the common agricultural policy, which takes up almost half of the budget of the EU. Mm-hmm. So that's the subsidies that New Zealand farmers um, don't like because our yeah. farmers don't get subsidised at all. Um, but, yeah, so if Britain left the European Union, I just, you know, wonder, even even the Queen gets millions of subsidies because she owns so much farmland. And, oh, it's true. And, in the UK, yeah. Oh, large, large parts of Scotland are all for the Queen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the other thing. If we're talking about if they leave, you know, Scotland will probably go and vote as well. So if Britain leaves the EU, 
it will probably see the dismantling of the United Kingdom. So Scotland would want to go alone and then join the EU um, on its own. Um, you know, who knows what will happen to Northern Ireland. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you look at localised economies like that, um, when it comes to Scotland with their cod, uh, and there are oil, I guess, yeah. the bits of oil that uh, in the North or the North Sea are going on. So a lot of that goes to Europe. Uh, and if um, the UK pulls out, then, you know, where do they trade? Oh, straight away. Because, I mean, surely yeah. millions are going to be wiped off uh, the FTSE overnight. Yeah. yeah. I'm not an economist, but, you yeah. know, that, that is, I guess, the biggest concern straight away. The world markets are really concerned about this at the moment. Yeah, of course. Well, you saw just a couple of days ago when it went back to neck and neck, the foots, yeah. you know, the footsie went up, the, the, the pound uh, had its biggest rise in eight years. Um, yeah. yeah um, now, what what impact do you see really like uh, if, if, if Britain leaves, what's going to be the biggest impact on them? Okay, so probably I, I think what I just said is, you know, the, the potential dismantling of the UK, of the United Kingdom. Yeah, um, that's and huge. And in the last British election, the um, Scotland, Wales, didn't vote for the Conservative government, so they're not, they don't even support the Conservative government, but the way the voting system worked, so it was an English vote, and they yeah. voted the Conservatives in, and Scotland and Wales voted for um, Labour or the um, Nationalist Party, so, you know, there's already this, this tension. Yeah. Um, the Conservatives probably, or may, you know, crystal ball gazing, I'm not an expert either, um, <laughs> but they may split because... I mean, it's just incredible to see these two leaders within the same party going head-to-head with, you know, Boris Johnson. They've had live debates with Boris Johnson and David Cameron, you know, Mm -hmm. really fighting it out over this. So, um, yeah, the Conservatives may um, split away from each other. Um, And I did have uh, one more point. Oh, yeah, David Cameron will probably go, no matter what the vote is, if they vote to stay or if they vote to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what about Europe, on the other hand? You know, will this start a slow death for Europe? Um, well, you know, I think people are saying that. I, again, you're talking about, you know, people like these doom and gloom stories, the worst scenario outcomes. Mm-hmm. But from what I see in my experience of Europe, um, it may even bring Europe closer together. So... Britain has always been the strange outlier. We've heard that um, they already voted. They were already unsure back in the 1970s after they joined. So they've always sort of held back the European integration process. They haven't been happy with what um, Europe Europe is about. Um, and a lot of people don't know this as well, but Britain can opt in and out of a lot of the policy legislation that gets um, enacted at Brussels. Yeah. Whereas most of the other member states have to say, have to do and enact everything that Brussels says. But Britain can can join or not join. So in that way, they're creating a two-way Europe anyway. So if they left, um, it may mean more integration, closer integration. I know that the French and the Germans are already in talks um, for in the case that Britain does leave and they want, you know, they want to become closer and tighter. They recognise the benefits of European integration. You know, they know that they haven't been to war since um, this great project was enacted. Yeah. So they, yeah, they definitely 
that might be one of the cases. But I guess on the other hand, Britain does bring something unique to Europe. Um, it has long ties with a lot of other countries around the world, like New Zealand, so the Commonwealth ties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Britain is also a very close um, partner with the United States. So that may change the relationships as well if Britain's no longer in the European Union. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, it's continental Europe versus Britain once again. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's history repeating itself over and over and over. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, the, the, I mean, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. And I'm going there on Saturday, so yeah. I just wonder what sort of, yeah, Britain I'm going to be turning up in. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's just such a shame that the US elections has kind of overshadowed this, because this is just as big, if not bigger, really. Yeah. But I think a lot of New Zealanders don't even really know that it's going on. I've mentioned the word to a few people and they've just looked at me blankly. They have no idea. So yeah, yeah. It's good that you're covering it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, someone has to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to have to leave it there. Um, Dr. Serena Kelly, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, um, I hope, um, well, you know, uh, what, what camp are you in? I better ask that one. Um, I'm definitely... Day. Yeah, I, I assume so, but I had to ask. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm a stay as well, uh, yeah. without doubt. But um, thank you so much for joining me, and um, safe travels to um, to Britain, and um, hopefully you'll get there, and everything will be um, status quo. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Jamie. All right, thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. Dr. Serena Kelly there from the National Centre for Research on Europe, uh, based at Canterbury University.